This is Registry, a podcast from Office Supply Publishing and Klaus Gunpoint. Hello and welcome to Registry, and this is the 2021 National Film Registry episode, which hopefully is going to be the first of several. This comes in spurts and starts and stops, so <laughs> this will have to be an important one. This is a very eclectic list this year, as the Library of Congress librarian said herself, which, excellent. But it's an interesting and fascinating list, and there are a couple in here that I am so excited about. The first, Chicana. It's a film collage. It's 22 minutes. And it is about the Chicana experience in America within the art world. And it's really beautifully done. It's not like a Bruce Connor collage film. It's more thematic. In fact, there are a couple of film introductions that I could think of where credit sequences that this feels very much of, including JFK, honestly. Another magnificent film that's on there, Cooley High. Cooley High, I haven't seen in decades, probably 30 years. But it has amazing performances. Garrett Morris and Glenn Turman alone make it worth it. But it's a wonderful African-American experience film. Evergreen, on the other hand, is different. It's an excellent example of a student film from the mid-1960s, made by Ray Manzarek of The Doors. But that said, it's a 1960s student film, so you kind of have to be in that mindset for that. I can go on and on and on about Flowers and Trees, and probably will. Disney's first released three-strip Technicolor film, beautiful. It's one of the, of the Silly Symphonies. It's my top three. It's beautiful. It's animated dance, and I'm going to do a whole episode on Flowers and Trees, probably the next one, honestly. The Flying Ace I've never seen. It's a race film. Uh, this is actually from the citation. Uh, Although owned by Richard Norman, a white man, the studio's films tended to portray a world in which whites, and thus racism, was completely absent, and black relationships are at the center of the story. Uh, this seems to be a sort of an adaptation of the life of Bessie Coleman, the first African-American pilot, who happened to be a woman. Hellbound Train is... it's an interesting choice, and many of you know that I've been very much an advocate of putting in whatever happened to the human race by the Schaefers, and Hellbound Trained is sort of a allegorical film that was used by two traveling evangelists. And I've only seen clips of this, I've never seen the whole thing, but it has sort of the uh, devil as the conductor of a big train, and it sounds interesting, but I don't know if it had the cultural impact that whatever happened to the human race had. And I know it's not a race, it's not who gets in first, but really... There are some films that have such an impact, they need to be on sooner than later. Jubilo, the third film by Will Rogers. I don't know if I've seen this one, but he was very much a significant part of the development of American comedy, and particularly American satire. He played hard on... He was very much in the Larry the Cable Guy of the time, I guess would probably be the closest way to put it. The Long Goodbye, Elliot Gould as Philip Marlowe. I haven't seen this one in years, but I know it's one of those 
classics that film noir nerds say is the only good one from the 1970s. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. You don't need me to tell you about it. It's a fantastic film. I do wish they had put all three of the original trilogy in, but I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. The Murder of Fred Hampton. This is a tough one. I've only seen it once, and it is... I don't know if I've seen the whole thing. I may have just seen parts of it, but it's about the final year of Fred Hampton, who was the leader of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party, and it's very, very, very heavy. Everything I've seen about it is that it is wonderfully done, and it raises a lot of questions. Nightmare on Elm Street? Culturally, you cannot argue that Nightmare on Elm Street did not have an impact on every horror film, particularly the slasher film. I think the slasher film, particularly from the 1980s onward, was defined more by Friday the 13th, but I think that Nightmare on Elm Street is what codified the genre, moving not only into elements of dark fantasy, but also bringing in comedy in a way that was more overt. Pink Flamingos, I talked about John Waters and what he should be getting, and Pink Flamingos is the right choice for the first one. I do hope that Hairspray gets on pretty soon. Requiem 29 is a film I really need to see. It's about the Chicano moratorium against the war in Vietnam from 1970. But that is known for the death of Ruben Salazar, and I've written about him fairly extensively. I worked on a piece at the what was then the National Museum of American Art at the Smithsonian about a painting about him and his death, and I really need to see this. Apparently it was just preserved and is about to get a full restoration effort, so big ups on that. Return of the Jedi is a great choice, I think. It means all three of the Star Wars films of the original trilogy are in. They should have gone in at once. There is a lot of arguments against Jedi, but it is a fully formed film, and I think that that is what's missed. It really did, actually, I think... Lucas's storytelling ability, which he had less to do with this than any of the others, but he still had a lot to do with it. I think, really, the storytelling here is much sharper. Richard Pryor live in concert. I'm a big proponent of comedy on film, and his four movies are great. I think the only other stand-up film I can think of that deserves to be on is Delirious, Eddie Murphy. Uh, there might be one or two others, but that's definitely the big two that I can come up with. Uh, Ringling Brothers Parade Film. This is great. This is actually preserved by the good folks at the Niles SNA Silent Film Museum in Free Newark, Fremont, one of those places. But it is a wonderful short three-minute film that shows the meaning of what it happened when a train came into town. It went into uh, Indianapolis. And it showed a prosperous African-American community in the North at the turn of the century. And it's sort of incidental. It doesn't really have much to do with why they were filming. But that it was filmed was important. No question, Selena did her to be on there. As someone of uh, Chicano extraction, <laughs> I have to say it is it's a good film. It's a resonant film. And it really did launch the career of Jennifer Lopez. Sounder. We had to watch this in school, and Cicely Tyson and Paul Winfield are both really good in it, and it is a great film with, I didn't realize this, a wonderful Taj Mahal score. Stop Making Sense. Every year I say, we need to put in Stop Making Sense, and now I can stop that and start saying, we need to put in 
the Blair Witch Project just a little bit harder. The Watermelon Woman, another film I have not seen, but apparently it was, I wouldn't say inspired by, but it was brought forth because she had seen She's Gotta Have It and wanted to ask about the sexualization of the main character. And basically Spike Lee said, well, make your own film. This is the film I made. <laughs> Go figure. Wally, classic. Talked about it in the 2008 episode. One of the best Pixar films because of the overlap of actual footage and animation to tell this beautiful story. Strangers on a Train. Not the best Hitchcock. Perhaps the best Farley Granger performance ever. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? How can you not love this somewhat campy uh, but dark kind of twisted film? And I think it's Bette Davids's best late career performance. I know others sort of argue that, but they're, of course, wrong. The Wobblies, another one I've never seen. Actually, never even heard of it. Uh, so I'm going to be looking into that, and I'll probably do an episode about it. The key is there's no solid theme. We have a couple of films that cover the Chicano experience, a couple that cover the African-American experience. We have a couple of horror films. We have a little bit of everything. And I think that plays to a strength of the list that the registry allows for that sort of exploration. Do I want more like this? Absolutely. There are, of course, still the ones that I will always be talking about until they get on. Notably, Blair Witch Project, Sunstone, pretty much anything by Ed M. Schwiller, really. Painter's Painting comes to mind. He shot it. But... This is a great list, and I am so glad all of these are on. 